Good morning, everyone. Hey, just was wanting to touch base with you all and say that it was so good to see you last night at the night of worship. What an awesome time we had worshiping outside. The worship team did a great job, you guys, singing your hearts out all the way down Martin Luther King Jr. Street, um, 11th Street. Everybody heard what was going on. Uh, so that was, I was really encouraged by that. But I want to do a real quick recap of the message. Uh, we had a great, great um, a couple of testimonies that were given by both Derek Mount and Tiffany Otis. And I just kind of want to go through the message. If you, In case you weren't there last night, wanted to catch you up on what we covered. Um, and hopefully you'll get some of this material in your life groups as well this week. Um, but we were, were talking about the unseen life this week. Um, and that was the message theme last night. And it was from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 18. Derek kind of opened us up with a great story from his life, um, past struggles that led him to where he's at today and walking with Jesus. Um, he actually wrote a book, uh, Derek Mount. You can check out his book. Uh, we've shared it on our profile before, on our social media, on our stories. Um, the Road to Redemption is the name of that book. You should check it out. Uh, he talks about how he was on the brink of even maybe even taking his own life and then God brought him back uh, to where he had a sense of hope and direction and it was so cool to hear him, to see him stand up and speak last night. Thank you, Derek, for sharing that. Uh, and then we kind of opened up with um, talking about the story in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 through 17 with Elisha and Elisha's servant. And, and it was one of the most encouraging scriptures. I just want to read it to you, just kind of give you a vibe of what we covered. Um, it said, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the, the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And that was one of the things we really wanted to pray for the, the evening, last evening. And I want to pray for you this morning as well. This, this whole idea of, hey, God, open my eyes so that I may see. Open my eyes to see the unseeable. And in the scripture, in the second Corinthian scripture, uh, chapter 4 that we're, we're, we went through last night, um, Paul uses a Greek word, enkakeia, twice, which is the translation is, in our translation in English, is lose heart. And this word only occurs six times in the New Testament. Once by Jesus in Luke 18, when he's talking about the, the woman seeking protection from the judge, and then five times by Paul, most famously in Galatians 6, 9, and it can be translated as discouraged, tired, weary, or to give up. And in these verses, Paul is going to help us help us learn uh, through just walking us through and, and discipling us uh, as we read these verses, how to learn not to let ourselves go there. And that was one of the cool things that Derek shared last night about not letting ourselves go to the point of no return, of hopelessness. And so we, we opened up with reading 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. 
Um, let me just read that, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, this morning, uh, in case you weren't there last, last night. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced the secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we preach what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made this light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So this is just the, the, the unseen gospel. And Paul doesn't use deception. He doesn't use flattery. He doesn't use any of those normal methods that you would use uh, in communication. He uses, he says he preached the truth plainly. He preached the truth plainly. And and he also uses this word light to describe the gospel, which just means good news. And uh, so what is light? What is the gospel? He said very clearly that the gospel is simply Jesus Christ as Lord. Jesus Christ as Lord. We believe as Christians that a first century man named Jesus of Nazareth was not just a man. We believe he was also the one the Jewish people had long anticipated to come to save the nations. We believe that he was the son of God and his Friday death on the cross was not the end of his movement. It was a sacrifice of love for our sins. We believe that he rose again early on a Sunday morning, and we believe he is currently reigning as the Lord of everything. And his kingdom, his kingdom, Jesus's kingdom, is the only kingdom that we belong to as Christians, as Jesus followers. I think that's very important for us to hear in, in today's world, honestly. We also believe that there are people in our world who have been deceived into wearing light-canceling sunglasses. And we too believe that Jesus can shine in our hearts in such a way to where it can just bust those sunglasses right off of people to where they can actually see the light of the gospel and not be blinded by the devil, by the God of this world. We exist as Christians to make the unseen gospel seeable to those who have yet have yet to experience Jesus' love. So that was the, the first section. And then we went on to verses uh, 7 through 15. And so that was the unseen gospel, and this is the unseen power. And so let's, let's read uh, the next section. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may, may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you 
to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So this is the unseen power. The Christian life was never meant, it was never intended to be a pretty life for a majority of Christians around the world for 2,000 years. It's been a persecuted life. And we, we were never meant to be titanium pieces of pottery, uh, if that's even possible. I don't think it is. But we are jars of clay, is what Paul says. We, we know that the power isn't found in our shell, but it's found what is inside of our jars of clay, these earth suits that we have. Paul actually describes how close he was to losing everything. Very similar to what Derek shared last night. He was at the brink of disaster in almost every way. And, and Tiffany said it this way in our prep time when we were preparing for this message. She said that God brings us to the edge. God brings us to the edge. I don't know about you, but I hate the edge. I lose control when I'm on the edge. Yet it's in these moments that God can truly showcase his power. We want all these opportunities to explain how we, we came through the other side. We, our flesh wants to say, hey, that we did it. We manufactured it. We, we brought ourselves through. But that's not what God is up to. God, God is wanting the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, the most powerful act in history, to be the same power that unleashes uh, powerful life experiences in our lives as well. And, and if we do this right, uh, people won't point to us, they will point to Jesus. Honestly, you can forget about me, you can forget about others, but I pray that you won't forget Jesus. God's power also makes the unseen seeable. So here's the last section, verses 16 through 18, and I'll finish up. Uh, it reads like this, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we were being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. These chipped jars of clay are walking around and sl are slowly breaking down. Uh, for sure, we will get older and more susceptible to fatigue and weakness and sickness. But Paul says there's another option in the unseen realm for us to take ground inwardly. How can we call? How can Paul call his his troubles light and momentary? They were definitely heavy and they were definitely sustained. The man spent so much time in prison and on the run from persecutions and uh, the thorn in his flesh that he he describes. Um, so, but in his mind, though, it was a no, no contest compared to what was awaiting him. Look around you. Everything that you see is temporary. And Paul knew this, and he's trying to help us. And one day it will break down either in response to time or the second coming of Jesus. So the encouragement is to not fix our eyes on our phones, not fix our eyes on a, on a breakup or a tough circumstance. The challenge is to fix our eyes on Jesus and that those things are temporary and they won't last forever, but heaven with Jesus in his presence and his people is what has no end. So how can we fix our eyes on the unseeable eternity that he describes? I can think of a few ways. Read the end of the Bible, Revelation 21 and 22, so encouraging. Uh, spend time worshiping, whether it's in your car or at church. Um, talk to an older Christian who's walked with Jesus for a while, ask God to make it tangible. Ultimately, 
dig deep into the promises. God doesn't break his promises. At this point in the message last night, Tiffany shared her story about working at Camp Carl in Ohio. It was so good. All of the stories she shared. One of the things that really hit me, it was my favorite, and she knows this, but she was in a shuttle ride with a, a young student, and she was working with the elementary school students. And on their way to a, their next activity, um, the, the kids said, you know, was just discouraged and said, Tiffany, I don't just, I don't know that much about the Bible. All I know is that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And Tiffany was like, that is the most important thing you need to know about Christianity, about the Bible. And so that was just so fantastic. Uh, so the three things just to take with us as we head out of this passage and go about our day on this Tuesday is to, number one, to, we need to believe to see, believe to see. Our faith rises and falls on Jesus. Take a look at the history and the New Testament, the portion of the Bible, open up and believe, give your trust to Jesus and see for the first time. Number two, experience to see. Let's just, let's just be straight. Uh, this morning, God is going to take you to the edge. He's going to take me to the edge. He's going to allow you to get to a place of uh, struggle that's going to deepen your faith and show you just how great his sustaining power is. Think about Jesus' death and resurrection as your ultimate example. Number three, look forward to see. You're not going to see clearly by looking behind you. All your failures and your victories and everything that's behind you, uh, we, we know what that looked like. But it won't help us see the unseeable. we got to look ahead. Uh, Proverbs 4.25 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Uh, so that's just so, so powerful. So I want to encourage you. I just want to end by reading Job chapter 42, verses 1 through 5, as we close out our time uh, this morning. And we read it last night, but I just want to share it again. Uh, Job 42, 1 through 5. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is it that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I, I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Uh, thinking about what Elisha said to his servant at the beginning of it when we were sharing together. And looking at this passage in Job, that's what we want. We want to be able to see the unseeable by faith, by power, by the gospel, and into eternity as well. So I hope this encourages you. I hope it gives you a glimpse of what we shared last night outside at 1139 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street. Um, and I hope you have a great week. We're praying for you. Uh, and I'd like to do that right now, actually, as we close out. Father, thank you so much for this scripture. We love your word. Uh, it challenges us. It takes us to places that we couldn't get on our own. We thank you for being so faithful to us and never giving up on us. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, you guys have a great week and we'll see you soon.